And now, on This Week in History, with Paul Waite. And I am Paul Waite, and this is On This Week in History. Yeah. So I, I know that you people really like this, and persons too. And person, mm. depending on whether you're multiple or you're definitely not breaking the pod of six, of course, which <laughs> would be very naughty, so we can't have six listeners. We might have individual listeners eating your crumpets on a Saturday. And of course, uh, it's very memorable on This Week in History, because... It's been Halloween for hundreds of years. Wow, yeah. Samhain. Samhain. people people didn't, um, some people didn't obviously realise it was Halloween. Mm. This is Halloween. What was it called? All Hallows' Eve. Samhain. And I have to say, um, mm. in memoriam of my wonderful grandfather, Cyril James Scott, who was born on November the 1st. Ah. Um, so, um, Rest in peace. One of my favourite people of all time. Um, a memorable man. What a legend. He uh, was a legend, actually. Um and that's where, of course, the, I think the Scottish blood comes from. So, anyway, stop prattling on, Paul, um, or you'll lose your only listener. <laughs> <laughs> in, uh, uh. Drew's enjoying today's show a lot. In 1470, uh, Henry VI returned to the throne after the Earl of Warwick defeated the Yorkists. Um, so, uh, those of you who regularly listen to me, this includes uh, my Friday show on GB Expos, will know that um, I had the finest collection of Ladybird books that a, a little boy could possess. When, mm. And one of my favourite uh, Ladybird books of all time was about Warwick the Kingmaker, mm. Richard Neville. Richard Neville, Earl of Warwick, and he was known as Warwick the Kingmaker. Mm. And basically, uh, you both will have heard of War of the Roses, mm-hmm. which is yeah, interesting. Of course. of course, no one called it the War of the Roses then because they weren't mm-hmm. aware. Uh, so no one at the time actually said, you know, it was the War of the Roses. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's just become very convenient now because you obviously have the Lancastrian red rose and yep. the Yorkist white rose. Yeah, sure. And of course, if um, if the Yorkists had ultimately prevailed, then for instance, um, the England rugby team uh, would find it very difficult wearing white. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, sure. you'd have a white rose or the yeah. white shirt. No one better see it. Yeah, so, no uh, but they didn't. Um, what's really fascinating about Warwick the Kingmaker is he was um, incredibly the most uh, powerful man in in England. And most of the time, if my history remembers me rightly, he was on the side of the Yorkists. But he did, uh, he did um, swap every now and then, uh, which obviously like made him a little bit unpopular. Mm. <laughs> uh, but at this particular time, um, uh, he he was favouring the Yorkists, um, and this lasted until 1485, of course, with the Battle of Bosworth, when poor old Richard III, who was Henry the Sixth's brother, I think, if I remember rightly, um, was slain by Henry the Seventh. Who? So there we are. Killed his uncle. Uh, Fourteen hundred eighty-five. So none of that. Henry the Seventh was crowned king. So that's quite interesting, isn't it? So mm. exactly fifteen years later, Henry the Seventh, Henry Tudor, mm. uh, came from Norfolk Haven, I think, and um, uh, beat uh, Richard the Third at the Battle of Bosworth. We've discussed that battle before. I remember, I told you, uh, I used to have a client that had the restaurant on Bosworth Battlefield. Oh, so that was. Yeah. That was very, very interesting. That's cool. My horse, my horse, my kingdom for a horse, but no one would give him one. Mm. Poor Richard. Buried under Leicester Car Park, wherever he is somewhere, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that came out a couple of years ago, didn't it? He got found under an Aldi car park. <laughs> what a way to yeah. go. Well, yes. He, he probably thought so. Um, I put this one in because I'm naughty. So have you boys heard of Casanova? Yeah, of course. Yeah. As in, you know, you're a Casanova, so you're a bit of a ladies' so, man. 1756, Giacomo Casanova escaped prison in Venice by climbing onto the roof. Mm. Mm. Casanova is probably the most legendary lover of all time in history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I wonder why people call me Casanova. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's such yeah, a ladies' man. Not, 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 not for any of the reason I can think of, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, in 1815, a, a Cornishman, Sir Humphrey Davy, patented the miner's safety lamp. Mm. So I don't know, were you, were you chaps taught this at school? No, but yeah. obviously I've watched Poldark, so I'm very familiar with Cornish miners. <laughs> no, <laughs> no that's, that was beautifully relevant, Callum. I, I'm, I'm very proud of you. So, um, I know this is, this is one that Callum will like. Um, in 1865, uh, the Maori warriors respond as the British forces began their invasion of Waikato. Did they do the hacker um, at them? No, no. So obviously, this is not something that, um, again, one's taught really. Because if you actually look at uh, New Zealand today, I would say probably the New Zealanders, New Zealanders venerate their Maori heritage or the the role of that mm. Maoris in their society mm. as well as any country in the world does. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, if you look at the Americans who absolutely poo all over the poor old Red Indians, North America Red Indians. Mm. Um, and the Australians, uh, after a slow start where they were absolutely beastly to the Aborigines, have started yeah, sure. to become uh, much more aware. So, um, you know, we tend to look at it today and you see, the, as Callum was saying, the New Zealand rugby team doing yeah. their haka, which is, of course, is a Maori tribal war dance or whatever. Even though uh, sort of two-thirds of the team at least are white. Sort of like. <laughs> Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this time, obviously, we were fighting them. So they were... At this point, and, and, and um, you yeah, know, so it was a big, big war, uh, the Maori Wars with the Brits. On this week in history. So, welcome back to the part, part two. two. Part two, Drew. Here we are. Drew's been very quiet today because we're trying a new procedure, trying to be professional, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Always, a, always. A, producer Drew has given me a team talk today, so I'm <laughs> going to try to be an accomplished radio presenter, okay, listener? A spooky radio <laughs> presenter. Whatever you're doing, listen Ooh. to me, as I'm telling you. Anyway, part two of On This Week in History. Uh, in 1888, John J. Loud. What sort of name is that? John J. Loud. He patented the ballpoint pen. Oh, oh, nice! Yeah. Thanks, John. Yeah, great I have player. one. I have one right here. Oh, great! Great pens. Good stuff. <laughs> great, great pens. Those. <laughs> yes, thank, thank you for that. I, I do like a fountain more, but got a lot to get through. Remember what we were talking about? Not talking all over me. Ah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Here we go. So, um, I think you need to look up the word hypocrite later. Okay. Yes. So that would be good. Oh, hypocrisy. Okay. <laughs> That's good. That was my little joke there, listener. <laughs> So in 1864, Nevada was admitted as the 36th state of the Union. Mm. So remember last week we were talking about Texas, the Lone Star State, being formed in 1836. Yeah. Um, and obviously was was not in the Union. Um, so here we are, we're coming up now to pretty much close to the American Civil War time. Um, and uh, there were still uh, many, uh, so if we look at the 50 states today, um, so places like Florida weren't in the Union at this point in time, if I remember rightly. Uh, Oregon, I think. Uh, Lots of southern states, wasn't it, Georgia? No, no, Georgia was, I think. Georgia was, was it? Yeah. So, anyway, so Nevada was admitted uh, as a 36th state. In 1888, John Boyd Dunlop. So Dunlop is obviously a very, Tired. very famous name. Mm. That's right, Cal- uh, Drew. Hey. Uh, you think I know the difference between my child just, and, you know, and, and the monkey? Just give you? us numbers. Yeah, yeah, that would be good, actually. He patented the pneumatic bike tyre, so thank yeah. you, Drew, for that. Um, in 1914, Britain and France declared war on Turkey. Mm. I cycled past a lot of turkeys this week. Did you? Yeah. But not Turks. Turkeys. No, they were, they were actually, let's make sure we know the They difference. were actually smaller than Turks. Right. And yeah. a bit more I like, was looking gobbly. at them thinking, you ain't got long to go, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> right. You're on my plate for din-din. I'll yeah, tell you the other right. thing, they are so stupid. Well, of course. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So if, you, well, if you cycle to stretch out from, uh, from our village, then you go past a flock of turkeys and they go in the road. Mm. Yeah. One of them did a very good job of trying to be run over by my super impressive Tour de France bike, but they will. <laughs> yeah. 
1917, in World War One, there was the Battle of Beersheba in southern Palestine. This is very interesting Beersheba. fact, Callum. I know Callum will like this. Mm. This was the last successful cav- cavalry charge in history. Wow. And who do you think, What? which nation do you think? Australia. Well, because you've got the notes. <laughs> sorry, 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 it's cheating, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't uh, have known that otherwise. Oh, so brilliant. I love that. But that's yeah. a really cool fact, in my opinion. Yeah, it was the 4th Australian Night Brigade mm. uh, led the uh, last successful cavalry charge in history. So that's... Um, There's a big change in the way that warfare happened during World War Well, obviously, with that? tanks and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and the last one we're going to do this uh, this section, hugely relevant in today's um, gloom and gloomy times, um, is in 1918, in this week in history, uh, Spanish flu killed 21,000 people in one week. Wow. So that rather puts all of the what's going on about COVID into perspective. That was just in, the, in America as well, wasn't it? It was just in the US. Yeah, it's, it's in one week in America. In the northern uh, It's estimated that 5 million people died in the world wow. from Spanish flu. Um, more people died... Uh, more soldiers died of Spanish flu than died in the First World War. Mm. I think you'll find that's a fact, right. which is... Uh, an incredible fact. Bringing you the news of old on this week in history with Paul Waite. On this week in history, sorry, Paul Waite. I talked over myself. That's Ooh. terrible. Ooh. Paul, stop interrupting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that is the true definition of schizophrenia. <laughs> I'm falling out of myself. Stop it. What are you doing? No, <laughs> get off. <laughs> <Are you>? Anyway, <laughs> so on this week in history, week ending October the thirty-first. Oh, Hallow's Eve. Oh, Hallow's Eve. Trick or treat on Aspenwaite Radio. Yes, anyway, so Lunacy is alive and well in, in Aspenwaite Land. Oh, yeah. And you're very, very welcome, listener, listeners. I hope you're doing something really, really lovely today. Having a nice chill, supporting your team. I don't, hope, I don't hope they're having a nice day. I hope they're having a gruesome and spooky day. Oh, I like mm. that, Callum. Anyway, so we've got uh, eight things to get through uh, in the next... Four minutes and nine seconds. Ooh. So in 1922, Mussolini became Il Duce, Il Duce, the Prime Minister of Italy. I hadn't, I don't know about uh, you guys, I, I actually wasn't aware that Mussolini had been had such longevity mm. in his position. So mm. he obviously precedes Hitler by 11 years, I think, um, as uh, in terms of his control mm. of Italy. And in fact, um, it wasn't until 1943, I think, uh, and ultimately he um, was hung upside down with piano wire, I think, I'm right in saying. Yeah, with I know his mis- With his mistress. Yeah, who, and they beheaded name. him when he was dead, didn't they, and prayed his head through the streets. Mm, wasn't good for him. Yeah. Oh, Benito, uh, the Italians weren't very good. <laughs> they couldn't even beat the um, Ethiopians, and they absolutely got their asses kicked by the Greeks, who were fantastic soldiers, man for oh, man, I'd say. Spartans. Right up there, the Greeks. So, well done, Greek people, we love you. Um, 1923, really interesting fact this, 160 consecutive days of over 100 degrees Fahrenheit in Marble Bar in Australia. Wow. Just, can you imagine that? You know, nearly half a year. Mm. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> in 1926, just very relevant, I tried to, I tried to give some thoughts, some, some structure in this. In 1926, there was a failed assassination on Mussolini. Um, and this was by a 15-year-old chap, um, whose name I can't remember, and he was lynched on the spot. Oh, dear. Yes, that was quite gruesome, wasn't it? Quite Halloweenish, I'd say. Spooky. Spooky, dear you. Um, so on this week in history, officially, was the end of the Battle of Britain, um, which, of course, uh, I, I have great delight in typing this out, we won. Mm. So uh, arguably, um, 
you could argue right up there in Britain's finest hour, and not just Britain. Um, if you actually look at the role of um, uh, the fly, uh, the pilots, um, the poles in particular, and I would urge you to watch um, a fantastic film that has um, uh, Ewan whatever you know the guy from um, Game of Thrones who got his face got eaten. He plays the lead role. Oh, well, Ramsey Bolton. Yeah, Ramsey Bolton, him. yeah, him. Yeah, he plays uh, the, the key man in this. I think it's called something 3-3 Squadron. Oh, right. And it's all about the Polish squadron uh, that took part in the Battle of Britain. And they were amazingly oh, brave, the Poles. Yeah. Uh, absolutely staggering. I, I, so. I remember reading a fact that the Poles actually shot down more fighters yeah. than... Well, proportionally Britain. they did. Yeah, 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 sure. So anyway, so um, we, we owe so much. And of course, if you haven't read Winston Churchill's speech about never have so many owed so much to so few, mm. then... Uh, You'd be able to check it out. 1956. Um, again, pick this because it's relevant to our life. Britain and France joined the Israeli forces in Egypt and began, be, began bombing Egypt to reopen the Suez Canal. Mm-hmm. So this was a really massive crisis that took part in the 50s. Um, basically, Egyptians uh, fueled by Russian money, as we discussed last week. Comrades. Um, and uh, basically... Uh, the, the Western the Western uh, Alliance basically were, were not allowed access to the Suez Canal, which was obviously one of the major transitional routes in the whole of uh, the world, and it caused a lot of trouble. Uh, and, and also may have been the the thing that finally took away Britain's preeminence in the world. Actually, we 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 lost a lot of face over this. Um, in uh, in 1980, uh, the Polish government recognised uh, the Solidarity Trade Union. Uh, one of the great men of my lifetime, Lech Wałęsa. Um, head, headed up the Solidarność, as they were called in Poland, um, and of course, uh, they, I, I, I always, I always appreciate people that show courage against all the odds. So they, uh, and of course, what Fuenza did is eventually, uh, with his Polish comrades, they overthrew the Russians and took Poland back. Um, and of course, most of them now live here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we like to say that. Um, in 1984, Indira Gandhi was assassinated by her bodyguard, the Sings. Um, so she didn't like she wasn't singing too much then, was she? No. Um, so this is, this is um, Gandhi's niece, I think. Oh, right. right. Okay. Uh, and, of course, her son, um, Sanjeev Gandhi, was it? He became the prime minister about 20 years after that. So I think there's been three Gandhis. Well, obviously, Gandhi wasn't actually the prime minister, but uh, yeah. uh, his successors were. So. I bet old Sanjeev was looking over his shoulder a bit. Yeah, so the last one, um, really sad one. Uh, I, I, I always, I never really stop. I think about this quite often, and it's just such a terrible tale of Anne Frank, um, poor little girl from Holland uh, who hid in uh, what was it, a loft for for mm. years to escape the Nazis. Eventually captured, and on this week in history, she was deported from Auschwitz to Belsen, where she met her demise. Uh, it's not really a thing you can say about that. Aspen Wait Radio Podcasts. Educate. Entertain. Enjoy.